0: I'm very Wiley. This week the road to the Women's Cricket World Cup heats up for Pacific teams. We continue our Olympic countdown and the new A rugby league team to tour Africa. But first, Jared Hayne will not be going to Rio after being cut from the Fiji Sevens training squad. The former NFL and rugby league star met with coach Ben Ryan on Friday and was told his time with the squad had ended. I spoke with RINSEY reporter Kuro
1: Vakuta about Haynes' fleeting sevens cameo. There was seen to be an era of inevitability about it, particularly when the likes of Fiji Air, named them as a global ambassador. You know, When you do that sort of thing, you kind of expect that there's going to be um, a lot of exposure for that ambassador. But as you said, it's um, he's really run out of time more than anything. Both Ben Ryan and um, Hayne himself have admitted that there was just not enough time for him to get things right. I think on our own um, doorstep, Gordon Titchens has said time and again that uh, for a a player to do well at sevens, no matter how skilled or talented they are at fifteens, they have to be training and playing sevens at a high level for quite a while. And for Jared Hain, like you mentioned, a couple of months training, one tournament under his belt just wasn't enough. And at that tournament he only played, I think, you know, roughly a dozen minutes or something like that in total. You know, you talk
0: about Gordon Titchens in New Zealand, he's reluctant to pick the likes of Bowden Barris and Ben Smith, who are arguably world class fifteen aside rugby players have grown up playing rugby. Jared Hain has never played rugby to a high level. He hasn't played rugby league for a couple of years. You know, his body was conditioned for a completely different sport in NFL up until two, three months ago. So that transition is just so difficult, even for such a supremely gifted and uh, talented athlete. And as you said, the, the point that Ben Ryan made was, He's actually been quite amazing in the last few weeks in training. He hasn't shirked any responsibilities, put all the effort in just that time frame. And he made the point that if there were a few more weeks until the selection decision, uh, it could well have been different. The point he also made was it was worth giving it a crack. Ben Ryan has always insisted that uh, he would pick this team on form. Even players that are regulars in his team that are world class or have been world class, he says, need to be performing in training because relying on them to pull One out on the day is
1: not good enough. You need to remember we're talking about a, a World Series champion squad, Fiji, um, you know, and doing it time and time again. And they have such depth when it comes to sevens, the likes of Hain, you know, it was always going to be tough. But I think also what he pointed out in terms of the timing of this announcement, because as you mentioned earlier on, uh, the team will be finally named on Saturday. Uh, he told him a week out from that announcement because he said it was never he was never going to get any better within that week, and he just didn't want to put him through another hard week of training because it's been tough. I mean, uh, Jared's been posting on social media the sessions and what they've been going through. Um, and so that's, it, it, that's why that timing came about. And also, of course, um, what we've found out in the last 24 hours or so, they've also got other injury worries, the likes of um, Pio Tourway. It's being hospitalised with a bit of a mysterious uh, injury, which uh, we'll, we'll find out more about over the next 48 hours, I guess. And time is running out for the remaining Sevens hopefuls with the men's and women's squads for Rio to
0: be named on Saturday. I spoke with men's head coach Ben Ryan late last week, just before he made the decision to cut Jared Hain and asked him how they were progressing
4: five, six, seven minute or 10 minute half. So we're playing full contact. Um, we're probably getting through about 18 to twenty-five, six, seven minute half. We're doing that for three days. So huge amounts of volume, really. But we know that in the past, when we put small sessions of high intensity, huge contact work in, we normally get reap the benefits in tournaments. So now I'm pleased with where we are at the moment.
0: Many, many, many months ago, we talked about the effort you guys put in the off-season before the World Series, about how this was all about peaking for Rio. So with all that in mind and the work you did then, are you starting to see what you wanted to see at this point in the season?
1: Yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, our plans, as far as um, how I want to see how the boys are looking individually, is working well. We fattened them up during the series. We didn't have as much onus on their fitness scores. We put some of them into tournaments where we knew they were one, two, three kilograms heavier than they should be, and a couple of stages down on yo-yos, all with the plan on shedding and getting them fitter. So, you know, we've gone on a high-protein diet with thrown carbs out the window, and they've reacted brilliantly to that. They've got tons of energy. They've dropped all their skin folds. They actually haven't lost too much weight because that fat's gone, but a lot of uh, muscle has been added to these boys, you know, and are, you know, are forward averaging 108 kilograms, as with 10 of them at the moment. So... No, it's all going well and they're they're robust, you know, the amount of contact work we're doing in training. With that comes a huge risk. I'm not sure too many other teams would do this. I don't think they would risk the amount of volume of contact and one-on-one tackling we're doing, but with that risk comes huge reward for us. We know that it works for us and and we'll continue doing it.
0: So from the original training squad that you named, how many names are currently left and, and how many more days are there until you have to make that final decision?
4: 16th of July when the PM will name the side. You know, we've got about 20 training sessions between that. We've got 22 in camp at the moment with just Isaki Katoniba that's been moved out of the squad. I'll make a few more probably on Friday and we'll cut it down for the final week before we then select the 12. So it's it's highly competitive. We were planning on dropping a couple of boys last week, but there was no valid reason to do that. Everyone's training so hard and sacrificing so much. I wanted to give every player that was doing that the longest opportunity to try to push that place
0: at the end of the world series you would have perhaps had 12 players in mind and maybe last week you had 12 players in mind if you had to pick them today was that 12 changing constantly
4: i'd say there's more likely 17 or 18 we're picking from and you know what we didn't do was protect boys from injuries you know so you look at the england team that for some reason decided to rest and rotate players what we did was the opposite you know we just made sure our conditioning meant that they were robust and came through the season so as a result of that we've lost not a single one of our players from injury from the World Series, and that's meant that I've got a nice, deep cupboard of players. So it's not a 12. You know, if you told me today to to name that side, I'd find it very difficult. I'd give you 15 names probably with some confidence. But um, really, I would say there's about 17, 18, 19 players that are fighting hard at the moment. And, you know, the fact we've got 22 in camp shows you that they've all still got a chance.
0: And you've got to obviously have that team named by the PM on the 16th. So uh, are you anticipating right up until the 15th there with those final names in your head?
4: Probably, actually, yeah, you know, because we are continually telling people we're picking on form and I've got to remind myself all the time, you know, if I'm seeing a world-class player on the field, I've got to make sure he's putting in world-class training sessions every one and they're showing all the traits that put them down in the squad in the first place. And it's easy for a coach to pick on a face and hoping that they'll, you know, come the big day, will come the big performance, but we don't do that. We'll pick on what we see. The boys know that so they really are having to flog it out every session, but that has meant, you know, that I will leave training to the last minute for selection um, and give them every chance and also give me as much clarity as I possibly can.
0: How are you finding this unprecedented level of attention, not just on yourself, on the team, the expectations, adding the likes of Jared Hayne into the mix, some of the flying Fijians, uh, and obviously the women's team, the Fijiana, are going to be there too, so, uh, you know, this is probably as big as it can get for Fiji rugby right now. You're
4: probably right. I mean, I've got to say, without trying to tell fibs, I'm really enjoying all of that that's come with it. At the end of the day, we're about to go to the world's biggest sporting event. And with that comes an enormous amount of spotlight on you at certain time and different types of pressure. We've been going through that for the last five, six weeks as back-to-back World Series champions. We've been getting more press than any other seven teams in the world in the last two years. And all of that's going to help us because we can deal with it well. You know, we did have a bit of a shock to the system when Jared first came in in London and the attitude of some of those Australian journalists. And it's been highly entertaining and exciting, really. The spotlight on PG7s, it's well-deserved. We are where we are on form and on merit. And we're going into the Olympic Games in the first sevens competition ever as number one seeds and favourites. We're not hiding away from that fact. We've we have the best team on the planet, and, and we want to make sure that we enjoy ourselves and put our best performances in real.
0: That's the Fiji men's sevens coach, Ben Ryan. The Samoa women's cricket team is determined to prove last year's gold medal performance at the Pacific Games was no fluke. Samoa upset the hosts PNG in the final in Port Moresby, recording their first ever win against the Leewards. They'll be up against PNG and Japan in the East Asia Pacific World Cup qualifier which starts in Apia on Friday. Samoa captain Regina Lillill says they are hoping for a repeat performance.
5: We started our training camp on the 7th together as a team, and prior to that three girls were based in New Zealand and the other 11 are based here, so everyone's been training separately but on along the same program. I'm really impressed with um, how the team are going. Team spirit's very good and it's going very well.
0: Prior to this, obviously, uh, Pacific Games last year, I was uh, I was there in the crowd watching uh, in the rain uh, when you won that in very dramatic fashion. Um, <laughs> is that the last major tournament, the last sort of significant event the team's had?
5: Yeah, yeah, it was actually, yeah.
0: You know, when you look back at that success, um, how do you reflect on that and, and what can you take from that going into this event?
5: Yeah, I mean, that was the first time we ever beat PNG and to do it in their home ground and in, in the final of Pacific Games, you know, it's was really su- uh, something that I'll remember For a lifetime and it was then all the girls just really showed a lot of heart and so that's kind of what we're trying to bring into this tournament a lot of girls are hungry to do that again and um, just try and keep doing the basics and just take momentum from that tournament into this tournament.
0: For a team that you'd never beaten before and as you say playing them on their home turf in such a major event uh, to now come into this event you're on home soil um, and, and you know that you've beaten them before so does that give added confidence?
5: Yeah, yeah. I think you know this is our home and um, the girls are really confident to defend that and um, we know our home best and so we're going to do our best to do it again. So it's going to be a very even competition, so it's, it depends on which team wants it more really when it comes down
3: to
0: it. And uh, obviously you've been leading this team for a number of years uh, and you've got I think 10 players coming back from that Games tournament with a few new caps as well, so a, a nice little mix of old and new.
5: Yeah, we've got a couple of experienced heads, um, and it's good to see a lot of young girls stepping up and um, letting uh, a few inexperienced girls get a bit of, you know, we're going to try and give them a bit of game time with a few of the friendlies with the Cricket Without Borders team coming in. So, um, yeah, I guess... We're just all going to try and work together as a strong unit and try and help each other out, both experienced and inexperienced those.
0: And obviously there's plenty on the line in this event. It is a uh, EAP World Cup qualifier, so um, plenty to play for.
5: Exactly, yeah. So we're, we're hungry and um, we're going to definitely do our best and put 100% into trying to win this tournament and get through into the kick off um, next box and try and get into those qualifiers.
0: And so this is a 50-over event?
5: Yes, this is a fifty-over event, and we haven't played a fifty-over uh, tournament since 2010, actually.
0: How have you tried to combat and, and prepare yourselves for that?
5: So we've had a, a couple of uh, practice games this week, and although in the girls based in New Zealand are very familiar with fifty-over games, um, the girls based in Samoa have um, played a bit of fifty-over cricket in their preparation. Um, so this we've we've just been trying to break the fifty overs down into you know small targets. Uh, um, you know, if you look at the overs it seems very, very long, especially when you're when you're batting. So we're just trying to break it down into small targets, small goals
0: and things like that. That's the Samoa women's cricket captain Regina Lilil. The Federated States of Micronesia believes it has an outside chance of winning an Olympic medal. Five athletes have been selected to represent the North Pacific Nation in Rio. The Secretary General of Federated States National Olympic Committee, Jim Tobin, Says their biggest hope is the boxer, Jennifer Ching.
3: We have two swimmers, uh, Deborah Daniel from Panape and uh, Dionisio Augustine, the second from Pompeii. Uh, they just finished swimming in Sula Fiji last two weeks ago in Oceania. They did very well. Our swimmers aren't world class, but they had personal best and they uh, qualified for the finals in some of their events, so we're very happy. They're swimming in the 50 uh, free in Rio. And we have one boxer. Uh, her name is Jennifer Chang. She's from a, a Micronesian island called Yap. Jennifer was the gold medalist last year in the Pacific Games in uh, PNG. Uh, she's on an Olympic scholarship, and she'll be boxing in the 56 to 60 kilo woman's category in boxing. Jennifer is different. She lives in New York. She was born and raised in the islands, but she works for a bank in New York City, and she's been boxing for the last two years. And her first big competition was the Pacific Games last year in and uh, PNG, and uh, she surprised everyone and won the gold medal in her weight division. And then later in the year, there's a group called ANOC. Uh, she was uh, voted the Outstanding Female Athlete for all of uh, Oceania for last year at the ANOC Assembly. So Jennifer will be our flag bearer. She's, she's our real elite athlete. She's the athlete that would have a possibility of winning a medal in Rio. Then we have two sprinters, two runners. They're from the island of Pompeii. Gets in Caprio. He'll, he'll be running uh, 100 meter. Uh, his fastest time is 10.8, is which is quite fast for small island runners. Our female sprinter in the 100-meter is Larissa Henry, and she's also for Pompeii. So we have uh, f- five athletes. We had a sixth athlete. His name was Manuel Mengenfeldt. He's a famous weightlifter from the island of Yap. He's won over 18 uh, gold medals in the South Pacific Games and the Pacific Games the last 10 years. But he had to stop training because uh, his wife's very ill, and he returned back to Yap to to care for his children and his wife. So we wish Manuel well. And this, this would have been his fifth Olympic Games.
0: What would be deemed success for them and for the Federated States uh, at these Games?
3: That's a really good question. I think that's a question you, you, that you should ask a lot of the small islands in the Pacific because for our, our swimmers and runners would probably be a personal best, to tell you the truth, because they're on a low, lower level. The, their, their whole goal of being at the Olympics is to be an Olympian and doing the best they can do. They're probably the best runners and swimmers we've ever had. This is our fifth Olympics. Sydney, uh, 2000 was our first Olympic Games, Vinny. Every Olympics, were getting better. But I think if you look in the history of, of the small islands in, the, in Oceania, I think Tonga is the only one that's ever won a medal in boxing.
0: With Rio, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, I guess, health and, and Zika and, and preparations of that regard. Uh, in terms of that and just general planning, um, you know, what sort of information are you getting? Do you have any concerns?
3: We're doing education, health education, to all of our athletes and coaches. It's just that the, our main issue will be the safety of our athletes and coaches. So we'll only be staying at the Games Village and going to the venues. We won't be doing any outside activities.
0: And is that a decision that's been made by your Olympic committee, or is that on advice that you've received from officials, be it in New Zealand or in Rio?
3: That's just advice on, on our own. And, that, and to tell you the truth, that's because we, we come from a rural island and, and going to a big city. We, we would do the same thing if we were traveling anywhere else. That we're, A lot of our, our, our youth don't speak uh, English. Of course, they don't speak Portuguese, so we're we're just going to keep them into the game mode, staying at the village, uh, uh, competing. And then when they're not competing, they'll be watching other Olympic uh, sports.
0: Okay, so I mean, those concerns, you know, as we said, Zika is obviously one that's getting a lot of coverage. Uh, Is that the main concern in that regard, or is it just in a a very general sense, just any sort of health concerns? You just you know, playing it safe, I guess.
3: We're fairly positive that the Rio Organising Committee is, is, is very organised. I think it's outside of the out, things that are outside of the organising committee, which are just the things that are in Rio, the city itself. It has a lot of traffic, there's a lot of people, uh, it's congested, and there, there have, have been issues with, with security and safety. So that's our main thing, is just the safety of our athletes. But we would do the same thing if we were travelling anywhere.
0: That's the Secretary-General of the Federated States of Micronesia's National Olympic Committee, Jim Tobin. The New Way Rugby League team will take part in a tri-series against South Africa and Lebanon in October, ending a year in the international wilderness. The Rock haven't played since beating 2013 World Cup reps the Cook Islands in Sydney nine months ago. Brendan Perenara's side previously thrashed South Africa last May 48 points to four, and he says the chance to travel abroad is another big step in their development.
2: It all came up from playing them the first time. We've had a game against South Africa in 2015, May the 2nd, um, to get us on the world rankings and put us on the table again and they want to play us again just to um, make it
0: into a series. And uh, for your team, obviously uh, teams that are in that sort of second or third tier, it can be a struggle to get games. I know you guys are always working hard in that regard. You had the South African match last year. You had uh, the Cook Islands last year. Um, but uh, so far, nothing this year. Uh, normally you do get something in May. So uh must be nice to have something on the schedule to plan and, and look ahead to.
2: We sort of um, left the May calendar off the radar for um, now and just concentrated on our tour to South Africa because uh, we're going to play them and Lebanon in Pretoria this year so we thought we'd better concentrate on those two test matches for the year
0: and in terms of your squad I mean how's that looking uh, any sort of recruits or anyone you're working on or what sort of numbers have you got to pick from
2: we're still open for numbers um, got a phone call from Dean Halitow so he's um, pretty keen to jump on board uh, we we'll are just going to see what he's got to do with um, his club and the pathway of him playing for us and we've got a few young guys coming through, The 20s from the Titans, also uh, that's Kurt Bernard at the Titans, Uh, we've got um, a New South Wales Cup player that's recently played for us too, Um, Wes Lolo, he's at the Tigers too so we've got a few young guys coming through and Alfred Smalley which he plays for the Warriors, he's he's on board too so we recruited um, pretty well from High Standards uh, this year.
0: And uh, this is an important sort of uh, 12, 18 months coming up for Rugby League. Uh, obviously, the World Cup is happening uh, later next year. Uh, there's an announcement next week of what the draw is going to be like for that, what those matches and pools are going to be like. So, uh, you know, this is Rugby League very much in that global spotlight.
2: You know, we're privileged to go on this tour, it's which Lebanon are in the World Cup. It'd be good to test them out and see where we um, place ourselves, you know, before we um, try and make it up there. It's pretty good that we've... Got the um, opportunity to play these um, African, Middle Eastern teams. Uh, it's out of our comfort zone. Like we're used to playing in the Pacific, and um, yeah, it's a big stepping stone for us, especially our little nation, New um, coming from uh, you know a little rock of uh, Polynesia. It's a it's a fair way to go, and it's all self-funded, so the boys are paying out of their own pocket to get there. And it's a privilege to play for our country too.
0: That's the New Way rugby league coach, Brendan Perinara, And that's the World and Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long.